What up? Hey, y'all. What's going on? Oh, not too much. You know, same old, same old. Some very minor developments, but, uh, you know, not too much. Just here to, here to spit some knowledge at y'all. I feel it. I feel yeah. it. Welcome to another edition of Real Nerd Hours. I'm your man's Denzel. And I'm Chet. Real Nerd Hours is a comedy podcast about things like anime, movies, uh, television, music, life, things of that nature. You know, nerd shit. Yeah, nerd shit. Like not being able to get a date. Yeah. Uh, unlike me, I don't think I qualify for that section anymore because your boy had a date over the weekend <laughs> with my girlfriend. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's less of an accomplishment, but, you know, grats on the girl. <laughs> I think that's the first time that I've officially said it on the podcast. Yeah, I think so. That's my girlfriend, no longer the woman that I'm dating. Damn. Yep. It's cuffing season out here. Yeah. Just, fell prey to it. <laughs> just it's perfect time for the season. As soon as it's spring of next year. Oh, she listens to this. I can't. I can't be talking mad out of pocket yeah, we'll, we'll anymore. See, we'll see where we're at come April. Yeah. Yeah. No, maybe like February. Well, it has to be after Valentine's Day. Uh, depends on how savage you are. Yeah, oh, yo. <laughs> if it's savage season, it's not making it past February. Yeah. True. Oh, my goodness. This is, this is, so yes, congratulate me, pat me on the back. I, it's official. Everyone pat Denzel on the dick. Yes. Yeah. Congrats. She, she met friends of mine, people that I knew. Yeah. You know? He took her out in public. I got to meet her. This one exists. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. She exists. She's a real person. Yep. She seems uh. like a fun girl. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> she likes IPAs. So I'm pretty close to leaving her. They see opposites attract, man. She only likes IVAs. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah, uh, that's rough. Yeah. I, mean, I got to take the good with the bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's not all positives. She's, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> you can't just introduce her and then just immediately start slandering her on the show. <laughs> just, hey, this is my girlfriend. This is why she sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yep. She's got a really dope cat. That's cool. Yeah. Well, that's about all the positives. All right. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's going to be so mad if she is this. <laughs> oh, fuck. Well, anyway, Chet, you, did you have a good weekend? Yeah, I did. I met your IPA loving girlfriend. Uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. That was fun. I don't remember what else I did. I'm sure it was. I'm sure I did other things, but that's that's all I remember. I met I. I ate way too much spicy food. Was like, it what were you? What was your butthole doing afterwards? <sighs> screaming, yo! <laughs> did you do the one chip challenge? No, but I feel like I should have at that. Actually, I haven't even really stopped the train on that. I've just been having like habanero based things for like four days straight now. Okay. Yeah. There's a there's a salsa salsa that I have. It's called Secret Aardvark. Oh That's, yeah. Have it's you the, had that? It's from made from ones. Portland. Yeah. Yeah yeah. 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 Uh, I had it in Portland because that was like it was the hotness. That was the thing to have on your table in Portland. So I went to a fried chicken joint and they had it there. It's pretty good. It's pretty good, but it's like it, the thing that I don't like about it is 
it doesn't it's it doesn't add flavor yeah it's just kind of a hot sauce which is good it doesn't have like a base flavor or anything. right like where whereas sriracha it's garlic based yeah and you it can, has a very distinct flavor to it exactly so it actually changes the taste of whatever you're adding it to yes. in addition to the spice yes yeah yeah whereas the secret aardvark doesn't it's more or less just heat yeah yeah which is good and bad but right there's time and place for it yeah i generally prefer sauces that are more flavorful than hot like my go-to's are frank's louisiana and crystal none of which are especially hot i just like the taste so i can put them on anything yeah they taste really good that hot one's hot sauce is actually pretty tasty as well i want to try that i have it in the fridge all right we'll do that after all right (laughs) (laughs) yeah i bought some it's it's pretty dope also, they just released the last dab. I'm not ever trying that. Uh, your man's Daryl got some. and uh, <laughs> Did he kill himself or what? He said it was hot coming in and out. <laughs> <laughs> I'd imagine that it would be hot all the way through. Yeah, probably. It's giving you mad indigestion for like a couple hours at least. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't even speed up the process. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just sitting there with you. I'd like to meet the person who doesn't flinch after eating that. Dude, right? God damn. I saw the video that they made about how they made that hot sauce. Oh, I I caught what Hot Ones did, like interviewing them, but I didn't see anything beyond that. So was it the video where the guy was talking about making the pepper? Maybe. So the guy, I believe this is correct. Correct me if I'm wrong. Get on the subreddit, reddit.com slash r slash real nerd hours and correct me. Uh, So I'm pretty sure the guy who made the Carolina Reaper made that same pepper. Yeah, 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 that's it. So he was just like, well, this is called Pepper X for now. Yeah. It's like, Jesus, who would (laughs) eat this? No, what I loved was apparently how, how he released it was that he had the Carolina Reaper. And then a little bit after that, then he made Pepper X which was hotter than the Carolina Reaper, which was the hottest official pepper at the time. Then he said, okay, if anyone beats the Reaper, I can release Pepper X to beat that. Cause I don't think anyone's getting any hotter than this. Oh geez. That's so gnarly. <laughs> yeah. So someone beat the Reaper and then like, I don't know, two weeks later he's like, Hey, remember that record you broke? Fuck that. Oh, I got geez. it back. <laughs> I wish it was just an arms race. It, remember like those old fucking Looney Tunes cartoons oh, where God. they start pulling out guns on each other yeah. and they get progressively bigger. Yeah. That's what I want to see with those two dudes who make peppers. God. God what, that's got to be a ridiculous career choice. I mean, for one, that's like crazy specialized form of botany. But then on top of that, you have to test your product. Like, I would never. Someone has to eat these in order to verify, like, oh, yeah, this is hotter than that last nuclear bomb you just dropped. <laughs> oh, fuck. I couldn't even imagine. Yeah. I couldn't even imagine. I don't even want to touch anything that's hotter than what I've got now. I mean, yeah. Like, I may, I may, and this is a big stretch, but I may fuck with some, um, ghost pepper based sauces i like the taste of ghost pepper i've never had it is it it's, like more fruity or what it's kind of hard to say like it's usually put into a kind of like a smoky context you like think more of a chipotle but 
my dad had some ghost pepper hot sauce. It was Dave's Insanity sauce, their ghost pepper sauce. And then we have a family friend. He's His family's from the West Indies. So his mom, you know, old Trinidadian Indian descent woman made this uh, ghost pepper mango chutney. And it was super fucking good. It was dumb hot, but it was so good that no one could stop eating it. Okay. And we just sat there and burned ourselves, and it was amazing. That sounds dope. Yeah. Holy shit. And I basically tried to recreate that this weekend, which got me on the habanero train, because I didn't have ghost peppers. I could get habanero. Yeah. Ghost peppers are hard to find, aren't they? Yeah. They actually grew these, so they oh. were, like, extra hot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine that they'd be hard to find because people would just be hurting themselves constantly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you might be able to go to, like, an Asian market and find them. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't really know where to find it. I know for, like, novelty hot sauces, you can go to, like, for one, there's specialty stores, but then there's also, like, World Market. They have novelty hot sauce, like, things you could find on Hot Ones or... Yeah, like, okay. stuff that you could usually only find on the internet. Uh-huh. World Market will actually carry some of that stuff. Okay. Yeah, just kind of randomly, but that's they dope. got them. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Speaking of rare shit, Chet, over the weekend, prior to meeting up with you and Nikki and the rest of the squad, me, Justin, and Aisha went on like a beer tasting tour of the area. Yes. Shit was popping. Yeah. Shit was extra popping. We had some rare shit at one spot, went to the next spot, had more rare shit. Damn. Then the third spot, we kind of chilled with the rare shit. <laughs> we just had some normal shit. Man, it makes me really appreciate beer. Appreciate beer so much that I want my own beer dang yeah you know i found out about something recently not like over the weekend recently but in the last month contract brewing is a thing where you can pay somebody to brew beer for you freelance breweries yeah basically that's pretty cool it also makes total sense i mean it does given the popularity of bespoke Brews. Yeah, yeah. I was looking around on Patreon and shit, and there's a there's a page that's got their own beer. It's called Canada Land. <laughs> uh, their beer, I can't remember what's in it, but they had somebody contract brew it for them. That's what I want. I Yo, want a real Nerd Hours beer. Get the real nerd brewers going? Yeah. 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 That does not roll off the tongue. Real brew hours. Real brew hours. Real beer hours. Real, I don't know. real dark hours. But I prefer light beers. Real oh. real ale hours. Real ale hours. Yeah, I mean, this beer will get you light drunk. Hours. Real light hours. Real dark hours. I want both. Yo, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like whatever it's called in that time of year in Alaska, where the lights never go out. Oh yeah, and yeah, then that. the opposite time of year where it's always dark out. Yeah, perma noon and. I don't know what the other <laughs> Parma Midnight. There Let's you just go. go with that. Yeah. Yeah. Get, but... get at us in the subreddit. <laughs> <laughs> Reddit.com slash R slash real nerd hours. Hours. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but I I want an actual real nerd hours beer. That would be pretty fun. Yeah, that'd be sick as fuck. I have some ideas that I want to kick around and like because what what you can pay people to do essentially is like help you come up with a recipe mm-hmm. like help refine the recipe like if you go in with something already in mind 
and like you've tested it out or whatever but like they'll help you refine it further and i've got some shit kicking around i've got some recipes and shit i really want it so go ahead and donate to the patreon there you go patreon.com slash real nerd hours get them real nerd ciders going yeah moving past to drinking you watch anything i started season two of osamasu-san which is the uh anime about the sextuplet loser brothers and it's a comedy anime that's super silly and will leave you scratching your head every episode but uh it's a fun show it, it got really, really, really popular with Fujoshis, which... Of course it did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you got six young men cohabitating, all masturbating under the same roof. Oh, <laughs> gross. Yep. So, yeah, I, I think the show was, like, reasonably popular among the masses, but the Fujoshi fans just fucking ran with it and they were ravenous in it whenever it came to like their material and each brother of course has their own personality and they have their own color associated with them so that's six opportunities to sell very easy to make merch so they made a shitload of money off of this show and so they got a season two even though the end of the first season really did not leave any room for it but that show is so ridiculous that it does not matter anyway. It's not like you can say, well, that's a bunch of bullshit because, well, they did the same shit in the second to last episode anyway. So <laughs> fuck you mad about. Oh, shit. But yeah, season two, I hadn't heard anyone really talking about it, even with how wildly popular season one was. So then Nikki and I just went and watched it. And I don't know why anyone's not talking about it it's just as good as the first season so my guess is that the fujoshi have moved on to something else well oh actually i we do have a theory because the first episode of the second season very explicitly makes fun of their fujoshi fan base oh really like it's the first thing you see basically nice just calling out it's like it shows a crowd of unattractive women like clamoring to buy stuff of the brothers it's amazing <laughs> uh, yes yes Good but shit. uh yeah i i thought it was hilarious <laughs> <laughs> oh that's pretty good yeah but yeah uh it's possible that the fujoshis have moved on to something else you know i know voltron keeps coming out and yeah <laughs> Dog, this is this is part of the reason why I don't want to see likes of people I follow on Twitter. Oh God! Because a lot of porn of Voltron keeps coming up in my feed. It's not that I don't want to follow the people that I'm following. It's just that I don't want to see what they're liking. Yeah, so much porn. There's a lot of porn all hours of the day too. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> that's you, I think the part that kills me the most is like fucking losers. It'd be like eleven a.m. and it's like, oh, those are brothers. They shouldn't be doing that. Fucking loser ass <laughs> losers sitting just liking a bunch of porno at all hours of the day. Okay, okay, all right. Eleven a.m. You getting your day started? I get it. Sometimes <laughs> you gotta you gotta get things rolling. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's the middle of the day for people. But if I'm sitting up in my bed at six in the morning, 
seven in the morning, eight in the morning, and I see some porno come up in the feed. It's just like, dog, you need to you need to stop what you're doing. Go go find help. Yeah, find help. I need to reevaluate some things. Yeah, yeah man. I don't know. And also, it really bothers me that a lot of the time. The shit's not in chronological order. It's like Twitter's <laughs> going out of its way to fuck up the timeline. I've noticed that. It's called a timeline for a fucking reason. That's one of the reasons why people actually like Twitter over other social media. Like Instagram, Facebook, they all curate your feed. Yeah. Like based on who you interact with and stuff and like what's popular. Twitter's not supposed to do that. I still think they do it. They do. <laughs> they do. I mean, with... With the shadow bannings and things like that. Yeah. And, like, they they more or less move around shit in your feed. And then, the of course, in case you missed it. Yeah. The tweet that you liked, in case you missed it. Yeah. And then show more tweets, which shows more tweets, but also adjust the timeline so you can't actually see all the tweets that you're missing. Of course. You just have to scroll back down. It's fucking stupid. It's, yeah. oh, God. Twitter, Twitter is, like, it's... I like the idea of Twitter a lot. I just hate how it's used in practice. Yeah, I agree with that in a lot of ways. I also... So, everyone's up to 280 characters. Oh, actually, but when we talked about that, when mm-hmm. I said I wasn't at one... When I was still at 140, mm-hmm. I went down to my car and checked again, and I was at 280. Oh, cool. Yeah, it, like, happened an, not even an hour after I said. But uh, I don't know why they changed it from a number... Where it shows 140 to the circle of like, oh, here's how close you are to hitting 280. Like, the fuck's the point of this? Right? Don't, (laughs) if it's not broke, don't fix it. I think everyone can understand numbers here. Right? Like, what's the circle? I mean, like, I understand what the circle is supposed to represent. But, like, how is that more functionally appropriate than just a set of numbers? It is definitely a more cryptic way of getting your message across. Yeah. You're, it's like a, they took a step backwards for no fucking reason. Yeah, I don't get it. What a bunch of dummies. Stupid. Twitter. Yeah. So, Chet, I watched both Justice League and The Punisher. Oh, yes. I've heard extremely mixed things about Justice League. What did you think? So, Justice League... It's really weird because it's it's the opposite of the type of superhero movie that I like to watch. Oh, like I like heavy practical effects. I don't like the fucking CG fly around shit. Mm -hmm. And I don't like the weird dark color palettes and all that. (laughs) Like the fucking stupid looks that Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder just jerks off to. Yeah. I fucking hate that shit. Never been a fan of it. Yeah. I think it's too much. Yeah. And that's exactly what this movie was. Now, like functionally, like it was a movie and it worked. (laughs) It did what it was supposed to do. It was a film. Yeah. I mean, it was, to me, it was kind of boring. Mm. Like, nothing that dope happened. It was pretty predictable. I mean, of course it was. Yeah. It it didn't seem like they were even trying to make it epic or meaningful, like, quote, unquote, meaningful, like the Avengers was when right. it first came out. You remember, like, the Avengers, how cool that the, the movie was? Yeah. This didn't feel like that like that Mm. didn't it didn't have like um a well-rounded feel to it it just kind of like it seemed like an episode of a tv show (laughs) 
You know, I see. Not even the season finale. Just I see. Like, just kind of inconsequential. Uh, it's like the build up to the season finale. Oh, you know what I mean? Okay. It wasn't as inconsequential as episode nine would be, <laughs> right. but it's not as impressive as like an episode 12 of 13. Would right. Yeah. You know? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was, there were some things in there that I really fucked with, like as, as like a DC fan, mm-hmm. like mainly just the green lantern stuff. I really like the speed Force shit that they did with Barry Allen. I like the, uh, the thing that they did with Barry Allen where he basically at one point in the movie, he's just like, I don't, I'm not a fighter. Like mm. I don't fight. This is, this is difficult for me. Like, I'm not sure how to do this. And Batman's like trying to hype him up and the movie, the movie tries comedy with <laughs> Batman and it just doesn't work. Yeah, Batman's just... Oh, okay, was he was he the engine for the comedy or was he the straight man? No, he was doing the comedy. comedy. That don't work. Like, That's not the, how you do Batman. That's not how Batman does comedy. No. Batman's your total straight man. You can't be doing that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've never... So I will buy Batman comedy if it's coming from like him as the straight man in the conversation and he's just delivering something deadpan. But like if he gets thrown against the car and he gets like, as he's getting up, he's saying, Oh, oh, something's definitely bleeding. Oh, oh." Um, it's like, get the fuck out of here. (laughs) Get the fuck out of here. Like the way that you play that as comedy is you have Batman get up and pretend everything's cool. And then you have him like, Oh, double over or fall over because he's in pain. Right. You don't have the comedy be overt with Batman. And like, I get what they were trying to do, but that's not good. What I got out of the trailer, obviously I haven't seen the movie yet and I kind of doubt I'm going to see it in theaters, but what I picked up on from the trailers was that they were trying to make Batman into Tony Stark. Like, you know, Iron Man's so wildly popular in the Marvel movies. Clearly, we need to have someone like that in DC. Who else could do this job but Batman, you know? Well, don't... You can't do that with Batman. No, you can't. And I'm no Batman expert, but in all honesty, I think they fucked up Batman. Or, I mean, I guess it's not fair for me to say that they fucked up Batman so much as they fucked up Superman, Mm. which caused Batman to be fucked up. Well, yeah, because Batman, at least in my mind, has always been he hasn't been dark and brooding, but he's always been serious. Right. Yeah. Like he's like as Bruce Wayne, he's like kind of fun and cheeky or whatever. But as Batman, he's just serious. He's a serious dude. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't he rarely ever jokes around unless if you're talking about Batman 66, which nobody ever is. No. And <laughs> it's it's he's just good at what he does. He's very efficient he's very smart he's got a solution for every situation and he's he's batman he's fucking batman yeah spider-man set a precedent for this already yeah reboots in x amount of years (laughs) i will accept a warner brothers reboot of their entire shit as of right now just do a new 52 for the dc movies yes just do it don't even show it just say something happened don't worry just about it. Fuck it. Just re- redo it. No, don't worry about it. I'd be perfectly fine with that. And just Henry Cavill is just inexplicably still Superman. No, please just don't. <laughs> Get somebody who can act. Ooh, <laughs> goddamn. And blah, so, blah. 
I would like last week the conversation that I had with Adam about Superman, where he's like a very cheerful, hopeful person. Make that Superman. Yeah. Make a good Superman. Yeah. And then make Batman, Batman. Detective, make sure he gets a sidekick this time. Yeah. Like make one Batman movie without a sidekick. So he's like a hard man dem. And then <laughs> he figures out like he, he sees Dick Grayson's parents get murked up. And then, you know, he adopts him. And then that, you do that, soften him up, soften him up a little bit. And then, you know, you move from there. Yeah. Move from there. There, there's there's a lot of good things you could do, but like this wasn't it. Yeah, <laughs> like they didn't. There were some. There weren't even really any good sequences in the movie that I really <laughs> fucked with. And one of the things that I was hoping they would do is um, fuck, I can't remember what the name of the teleportation gun they had was, uh, in Justice League. I don't of the boom tube. I don't. <laughs> okay. Well. They, so they did that in the movie, but it wasn't cool. Yeah. It just uh, it didn't look cool. Nothing in the movie really looked all that cool. <laughs> I saw a scene that involved Cyborg unable to control himself a little bit. And boy, that looked bad. Yep. I, yeah, I heard, I think it was Adam that was talking about this, uh, with the Joss Whedon reshoots. Some of the stuff didn't really come together very cohesively. Did you notice any of that? Yeah, I did. There were some shots of uh, Henry Cavill's face that are fucked up. Huh. Like, they... So, apparently, he had a big old mustache. He had, like, a ton of facial hair during the reshoots of some of these scenes. He just wouldn't... He just wouldn't shave? <laughs> I guess not. I mean, he was working on Mission Impossible 6. Oh. Uh. So, there's a good chance that... They said over at Mission Possible, said, fuck them. Yeah. Like, don't shave. Fuck them. Don't shave for a reshoot. It took mm. six weeks to grow that glorious stack. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, they probably they probably just said, fuck it. And just didn't, they just, whatever, it doesn't matter. And they tried to clean up his face in post and it looked really goofy. <laughs> uh, Cyborg in some, in some of the shots looked really bad. Uh, like it was like the VFX were rushed. Mm. Didn't they could have used like another six rendering passes? I see. But there, I mean, the movie. I kind of, uh, I kind of wish they took a different approach to Cyborg. Like I like how he looked in Teen Titans. You know, that's because that it was, was a my, cool cartoon. Yeah, but I mean, it was also my first exposure to it, so I, you know, I definitely have some bias there, but. I feel like he was too robotic, not enough human, and the robotic look they had to it was way too Transformers for me. Like, yeah, yeah. You don't need to have like thirty segments just for one joint. Like you can be a little bit bulkier, a little bit more comic book like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's a yeah, I agree, and like some of the shots, and this was pointed out in one of the reviews that I watched. I think it may have been the Red Letter Media Review. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. It's, I it's check that out. pretty interesting. They brought up something that I had noticed in the film because I watched the review afterwards. Mm-hmm. And some of the scenes weren't sitting right with me. So when I had listened to the review, it made sense. Like the way that Zack Snyder shoots his shots, like the costumes were built for the way that he films. Oh. So when I was looking at some of the scenes the the outfits looked kind of out of place interesting you know what i mean like so, like they were they were colored 
to be against his extreme color correction. Yes. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. It also makes total sense. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But if you have a scene that doesn't have this absurd palette to it, now it's going to look funky. Yes. It well. stands. <laughs> not to say that it looks funky. I should correct that. It just stands out a little bit okay, more than yeah, it should. Yeah, sure, sure. Like, it's it's interesting yeah uh, i thought that was that was something that stood out now i guess the question here is would i recommend this to anybody and the answer is kind of just like yeah uh, when it comes out on netflix or something just <laughs> give it a watch or on uh amazon instant where you can stream it for like 3 bucks or something like that yeah i would say what i what i had gathered and what i thought about most of the dc movies recently was if you want to see it just go see it you'll probably enjoy it for what it is if you're on the fence don't bother yeah i guess At least i'm not in theaters you know i i'm far more um liberal when it comes to spending my money on things that aren't perceived as good <laughs> uh, i will drink four loco Uh, (laughs) that's telling i will drink bud light with lime i will drink mad dog 2020 mad dog's real shit yeah it is (laughs) i will drink boone's farm like i'll drink these things unprompted because i mean like even though they're objectively terrible (laughs) i like them so it's i guess the movie the movie isn't going to be like the greatest expenditure of your time but it's going to be better than some of the alternatives i guess better than watching paint dry yeah i guess (laughs) the problem here is like with i have a natural leaning towards the marvel movies because most of them are practical the majority of the heroes there aren't like magical so to speak where you have somebody like uh, Superman who flies and shoots beams out of his eyes. You don't have somebody like Wonder Woman who can jump or maybe fly. I don't know if she can fly in these these movies. She can't fly, but she can jump really high and she bangs her bracelets together and like shatters the (laughs) earth or whatever and like can dispel beams with her shield and shit. And I guess like it would she would fit more into something like a Captain America. Like if you were to swap them, like, and put her into how Captain America was filmed, where it's highly practical, mm-hmm. that would work for Wonder Woman. Yeah, I could see that. Whereas <clears throat> like doing the super strength thing might be a little bit sketchy. Yeah. You but- know, it, it's funny. I hadn't really considered that. Yeah. The DC main characters are generally more overpowered than the Marvel main characters. Like in Marvel, you've got Scarlet Witch and Vision who are like way up there, but they just end up not having as big of a role. Whereas like, okay, yeah, Iron Man, he's definitely got his super suit. Captain America's super strong, but he's not is he that super strong? Is he is he busting up meteors? No, no, he's not. Like Superman all day. No problem. Yeah. Wonder Woman picking up tanks and throwing them. Easy. Uh, Aquaman controlling fucking water. You got it. Cyborg. He's 
all CG. <laughs> Cyborg with the power of CG. <laughs> the Flash, uh, mostly CG when in his interactions. I mean, God. Yeah, DC superheroes are so powered that the Flash once beat a teleporter in a race across the galaxy. Like The teleporter can teleport from point A to point B in a split second and the Flash <laughs> beat him. Like, what kind of shit is that? Well, to be fair, the Flash can run so fast he can go back in time. Yeah, that's... Yeah. And just be there already. Right. So... Yeah, that's fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very fast. Uh, the, the, the DC movies that I'm interested in seeing are with mainly the bat family right mm-hmm. like you just have batman and Ro- the robins maybe batgirl yeah yeah and you have the question the question is like one of my favorite characters of all time he's an interesting one dog for those of you at home who don't know the question he's basically a conspiracy theorist with no face <laughs> and he all he does is just investigate conspiracies all the time yeah and it's fucking amazing basic remember how uh, dc got his name it's detective comics that's basically him he's yeah. just detective he's a he's a detective and he just come he comes from like fucking crazy angles and at one point i believe this was in justice league the cartoon uh they he he came out he found out about a conspiracy and he was killed mm. if i if i recall correctly i'm pretty sure they killed him it was really dark for the kids cartoon either that or that was in the comic can't remember which ones are which it's been a while mm-hmm. but that was fantastic that was fucking amazing he, hey he got too close yeah yeah that's what happens Dog, i would love that i would love to see the question yeah and just like some fucking conspiracy theorist who's just act- he's basically Batman but crazy. Er. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. Batman's definitely got issues, but <laughs> the question's like, nah, man. <laughs> I would fuck with that heavy. Uh let's see. I'd like them to do more stuff with the Green Lantern, but after that first movie where I'm it was hesitant. just product placement all day. <sighs> Dude, I man, and the weird CG suit. And, oh, yeah, that movie was I, ah, I questionable. Don't think that I care to see any hero movies that rely heavily on CG anymore. Yeah, no, I mean, because I don't. Like, it, why? Why? Why take that risk? It, you just when you do stuff with special effects, you just run the risk of your movie aging very poorly. Yeah. Like practical effects will always be some kind of good. Yeah. But relying on something that's so technology-driven, and you know the technology is going to be better in 10 years, why take that risk? If the technology was better like a week after they wrapped post. Right. Like Someone developed some new render technique that would have really just helped this movie out if they had just waited another week. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly how quickly that shit moves. I mean, like, I don't know. It was, it, I, it's exactly what you would expect it yeah. to be. Like, it's, is it better? I thought it was, uh, no. It didn't have as many cool sequences as Batman v Superman. I think Batman versus Superman, that warehouse fight scene sticks out in my mind. Okay. Like, I, whenever I think of, like, a really well done fight scene, that's one of them. Sure. It's practically done. 
it looks good. I mean, not all of it's practical, I guess, but it looks good. It's, it's fucking sick. Yeah. There were some cool scenes in, in Batman v Superman. I kind of liked the, uh, the um, I guess you can call them the dream sequences. Like them imagining <laughs> their how their fights would go down. Like Superman taking out Batman. Batman breaking into like... I like doing desert storm out there just taking everyone out <laughs> like those were cool they weren't yeah, real but. no uh I guess that really just wraps up what I have to say about it yeah what about Punisher you also saw that yes I also saw Punisher Punisher man I really enjoyed it mm-hmm. but like the this is going to be one of those rare instances you ever hear me say something like this, but like it was too violent. <laughs> you know, I knew that was how that sentence was going to end. <laughs> Far be it for me to sound like a crotchety old bastard, but like, fuck, there were some <laughs> scenes in there that were fucking hard to watch. Damn. There was a, especially in that 12th of 13 episode. That 12th episode was some next level shit, my dude. All oh, right. my God. Like, I, oh, God. <laughs> I, uh, but, like, the story the story is pretty basic. Uh, it looks pretty predictable up to a certain point. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, in, the first, in the first episodes, I predicted what was going to happen towards the end. But there's, like, a nice little twist. Okay. Um, and also, yeah, that 13th episode has some shit in there that's hard to look at. Is it like torture porn levels of gore or is it just a lot to handle at once? Uh, I haven't like I haven't seen something like Saw. Okay. So it's I mean, I would imagine that Saw is just like somebody being torn in half and you see like the skin tearing and shit like that. That's more like Hostel. Okay. Hostel really cranked that up. Uh, it's nothing like that. It's okay. just like, it's like it's super violent and there's a lot of fucking blood. Okay. You don't, um, you don't see any like hardcore torture. You see like Frank getting beaten up. Sure. But you don't, it's not like you see him getting teeth yanked out or anything mm-hmm. like that. It's just very, very violent. Okay. It, so would you compare it to like Kill Bill? It's more violent than Kill Bill. Okay. That's, like, I think that's a pretty good bar to say. <laughs> <laughs> because it, and the, and a part of this that makes it a little bit more unsettling is that it's far less cartoonish right. than Kill Bill. I think that was what helped Kill Bill be digestible was that it was so far out there. It's yeah. like, okay, that's not, that ain't real. But It was over the top. I imagine Punisher would take a much more gritty and realistic approach. And it did. All right. And how. <laughs> uh, they, there's a little story arc in there that's like really fucking sad. Mm. That I mean, like it wasn't, it didn't hit me right in the fifis and I wasn't like crying or anything, but it was like depressing to think about because it's something that's somewhat relatable and like you could see where other people would struggle in the same place as this specific character. Uh, until things go off the rails for that character, uh, it was it was interesting, and it did a good job with that arc. But after that arc ends, 
And like, even before it really gets started, it's kind of just like spinning its wheels and it's not really doing anything. It feels like the show's in a holding pattern until things can start happening. Right. Mm. Like there's a very specific episode where shit starts to pop off and that's like, it just keeps going from there. Gotcha. And it slows down. It's pretty slow up front. I would say there's, I want to say like maybe around episode eight, if I recall, it's all a blur. I watched sure, them all yeah. basically at the same time. See, that's why you can't pinch things. That's fair. <laughs> that's fair. But overall, I would fuck with it. I don't think I'm going to watch it again because of, <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess the violence, like once you've seen it once, it's yeah, you're not a big deal. Yeah. But overall, fuck with a bull. All right. I recommend it. It's, it's definitely uh, the second best Marvel series that's on Netflix. I take it second to Daredevil? Season one. Season one, yes. <laughs> yeah. Because season one of Daredevil, I think I liked that so much because it was such a surprise. Yeah, I don't think anyone was expecting that. No one. I don't think. Everybody no. was expecting like very mediocre. I mean, after the movie... everybody was expecting what those latter seasons of the marvel shows were right so like luke cage eh, okay iron fist Mm. this was bad yeah uh jessica jones eh, it's okay season two of daredevil eh, it's okay but season one season one of daredevil was some dope shit yeah season one of punisher also dope shit. Okay. Now there's a there are collective resolutions that come in both the defenders and this show. Fuck it, I'm gonna spoil the very very end of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it this isn't like a spoiler for the entire show, but is it, it? Is it? Well, I already said too much. Well, if you want to avoid spoilers for Punisher, just I don't know, skip ahead like three or four minutes. But essentially, the, it comes down from like people who work in the government that there is not going to be any consequences for what happened at all. Really, during the show, I okay, yeah, it's, okay. <laughs> it's really fucking crazy because Frank is legit just murdering people. I mean, <laughs> usually. I, I feel like the Punisher has been jailed several times throughout the Marvel canon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think he was jailed twice. Uh, he escaped once. I don't remember. But that fight scene in the prison was fucking dope. Hey. That was super sick. But, oh, like... Yeah, he escapes. Yeah, I mean, basically they say, like, he's not pardoned. But, like, basically everything that he did during the season was forgiven. Interesting. Like, he's still on the on the run from the government, but... Not it, for this. Not for this. Okay. There's, a, there's, like... Oh, God. In episode 12 and 13 specifically, 12, there's, like, a really gnarly murder scene. Mm. Um, lots of blood. Okay. But... You know what? It's worth watching. Okay. That's that's good to hear. Yeah. Man. Well, aside from watching things, I've been playing. Well, shit. This is practically watching something as well. But uh, I started playing Doki Doki Literature Club. 
which is a it's a visual novel game. It's on Steam. It's free. I had heard some people talking about it, but over the weekend, one of the people we were out with, shout out to Jen, uh, was singing its praises to Nikki. So Nikki's like, yo, we should play this. Was, okay, let's play Doki Doki Literature Club. You know, I, basically what it's impossible to go in with a completely clean slate because the game has explicit warnings on it because the game presents itself as being very cutesy. It looks like a standard dating sim visual novel kind of thing. You're a faceless main character and you've got four beautiful girls to choose from. Except when you start the game and when you download the game and everything like that, it's got explicit warnings that say, yo, don't play this game if you suffer from depression don't play this game if you have suicidal thoughts. Don't play this game if you uh, don't handle disturbing imagery. Okay? Okay. Then it shows you that warning again. <laughs> Jesus, what the fuck <laughs> is in this game? So, I'm not going to get... I'm not going to explain any of the... Why that is thus far. But you can kind of tell that there is a bit of a dark veneer to the game. Like... You know, one of the characters, you know, you, you can tell she's forcing her cheerfulness. So, you know, maybe there's a little something more to her. It's another character that's kind of reclusive, another character that shows some violent tendencies. So you're like, okay, well, maybe something's going to happen. Some shit has to go down here. That game takes a fucking turn and it's quick. Okay. <laughs> it's like, uh, you kind of see it going down. You know, it, at first it's all uphill. It's real cutesy and you're building a relationship because you've chosen your girl and the other girls start getting jealous. So you see, oh, okay, maybe it's going a little downhill. Okay, yeah. And then the trains just stop and you're just dropping down a cliff and it's, it is fucked up in ways I wasn't expecting. Okay. Which is why I have to say I recommend the game. Really? Yes. Okay. Uh, I haven't finished it yet. I've only... I, I would assume I'm about a third of the way through the game now. And, uh, yeah, it's fucked up <laughs> and I'm, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not normally one that gets, gets shooketh, <laughs> but it, the way the game fucks with you, it's good. So, uh, yeah, I'll, uh, <laughs> I, I recommend it. It's free. So, you know, if you have any, uh, if you got some fr- spare time, you know, just give it a shot. I will say if you're easily disturbed. That heed that warning, okay. But if you're not, grab some friends and join with them so you can see everyone get fucked up. Okay, <laughs> I won't be checking it out. It's probably not your type anyway. But <laughs> you know, for the listeners, <laughs> yeah, just let me know when you get to episode twelve of Punisher. Yeah, yeah. Just let me know. It's definitely well. Shit, I don't know. It might get violent like that. It hasn't yet. But it still fucked me up a little. <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay. Well, yeah. If you suffer from depression, don't, don't recommend play. it. <laughs> so we're gonna hold off on anime hostage for another week so and we- go into today's main topic. Yeah, yeah. Movies that we think are going to be cult classics. We got the future classics coming at y'all. Yeah, not like Criterion highly lauded things, but like Evil Dead or Army of Darkness. Right. Things that were probably not highly regarded when they first came out. Things that didn't do super well when they first came out. But now, 
or not now, but 10 years into the future, 20 years into the future, people are going to watch him and say like, that shit's yeah, yeah, cool. That, yeah. yeah, we didn't, this didn't get enough credit. Yeah, let me, actually, let me, let me provide some examples of this. I mean, Evil Dead is definitely a, a great example of that. Yeah, some examples, you got like Rocky Horror Picture Show, The Big Lebowski, Donnie Darko, Fight Club. These movies weren't... Actually, I don't know how, how highly rated a Fight Club was, but you know these movies were not well received when they came out. They probably did poorly in the box office. You know, not really. People weren't really fucking with them. But now, when you think about Rocky Horror Picture Show and the fan base that follows that, like people still put on productions of that show on a weekly basis. It's got a following. Mm-hmm. So, do we think? Is anything that's going to make lightning strike like that? I mean, what you got first? To be perfectly honest, I don't think we're going to see anything quite to the level of those. No. But if I had to venture a guess, my my first guess is going to be one that's uh, that's you know all of these picks. Just by the nature of them, they're going to be like, really, that movie? You think that's going to be it? Well, yeah, yeah, we're going with it. I'm going with Sucker Punch as my first one. See, I thought about it. <laughs> I thought about it. And I was just like, no way, dude. Yeah. No way. But if you think about it, like, if you consider the movies that came out around the time, mm-hmm. it fit in really well with those. So it's like weird that it didn't do super well outside of the fact that it had like a really dumb story. <laughs> that story was weird. Yeah. I, I like basically I think why it's, it could be beloved in the future is because it's so weird. Like it's definitely it's, unique. Yeah, it's it's a unique movie, it's a unique story and like it's a female driven movie. Like all the main characters are girls. All the, well, not all of them, but you know, the primary antagonists are, are male. It's kind of a psychological movie. Like you, it's got a big old twist that you don't really see coming. You might see it coming. It's kind of obvious. You probably saw it coming, (laughs) (laughs) but like there's a lot, there's, there's, you know, there's levels to the movie and there's cool sequences. And it was, it was just something different. It, didn't do very well. Most of the people I know that saw it didn't really care for it. I thought it was something, but I knew, I know someone who really fucked with the movie and I think they may be among friends in the future. Possibly. You know what? I'm not going to disagree with that. Do you think Zack Snyder is going to be seen as some like low key genius in the future? Ah, I hope not. <laughs> like, are people going to just look back at his work and say, like, look what he did for the film industry. Like, look, Ugh. look at his aesthetic. Look what he did for slow motion. Ugh. Yo, look at what he did for slow motion. <laughs> <laughs> this man revolutionized 100 frame per second filming. <laughs> I mean, I like 300. <laughs> that, I mean, that's basically that and Watchmen are its two popular, most popular yeah. movies. I would put Watchmen on this list, but I feel like people already have like, elevated it to that status. So. Yeah, I remember when it first came out, people were basically coming on themselves. Yeah, and then if you weren't, then you hated it. Yeah, yeah, it was real one or the other. Yeah, yeah. So, what about you? What you got? So, thinking about it 
And this might not be fair because it's part of an anthology, mm-hmm. but I'm going to say Prometheus and Alien Covenant uh-huh. are going to be cult classics in the future. Okay. I say that because even what was that fucking Joss Whedon Alien movie? Boof, I don't remember. Uh, there was Alien 3 I really like. So Alien, obviously a really great movie. Aliens, great movie as well. Mm -hmm. Alien 3, I would argue, is also a great movie. Okay. But Alien Resurrection? Oh, yeah. That that. movie sucked ass. (laughs) But there are people out there that still love it, right? Sure, yeah. And I feel like Prometheus, like, I'm one of those dudes who capes for Prometheus. I thought Prometheus was cool. Yeah. Like, I I have, like, a huge sci-fi boner, basically. Yeah. And there's, like, there's some really good, cool shots in there. And, like, the ship is really cool. The technology that they're using is really cool. The practical effects and shit are really cool. The story, kind of bad. But, I mean, what can you do? Yeah. And Alien Covenant, I fucking hated that movie because it seemed like they were breaking all of the laws of sci-fi at one time, and or at least in sequence consecutively. They were just breaking each one, each rule that you should have in place. And, ah, God, it was so bad. But I feel like because it's Ridley Scott and because it's part of that alien anthology, people are going to look back on those movies super fondly. Yeah, probably. They're really well crafted as movies, like Mm -hmm. the practical effects, the CG, all really good. The acting is pretty decent in both of them. And, you know, I I, yeah, I feel like people are just going to be like, yeah, those are... Those are cool movies, guys. Those are cool movies. Yeah. 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 What you got next? Uh, I feel like this one's kind of almost like where the Watchmen is in regards to like how people feel about it. But I'm going with Cloud Atlas. That's uh, the Wachowski movie that was a... I think it was basically an indie film, but it was, you know... It was still the Wachowskis directing this. And uh, it, it had a bunch of big actors. It had Tom Hanks, Hugo Weaving, um, a, a bunch of people. I forget all their names. But it's another movie that's just kind of weird. You know, the, the it was based on a book. And apparently things made more sense in the book. And when I when I saw it, I, I kind of dug it. I didn't think it was fantastic, but I thought it was cool. I thought there were a lot of really cool concepts happening in there. And if you're not familiar with the movie, it's basically about... It's about a certain set of characters who have specific relationships. And they basically go through reincarnations. So there's like... There's... One character who's like the star-crossed lover. There's another character who's like the opposite of him. It's, you know, his star-crossed lover. And then there's the character who's just trying to just trying to get ahead in the world. And in some eras, that's through conventional means. Other eras, he's, you know, more underhanded. But you see these same characters appearing and they have certain archetypes throughout history so there's like okay we got the victorian era we got 
uh, 1800s. We got present day. We've got in the future. And then we've got in the far, far future, like kind of post-apocalyptic society rose and then fell again. And that's probably the weakest era of them all. But then you have Hugo Weaving as the villain in every single one. And uh, yeah, it's it's just kind of interesting. And it bounces back and forth between the eras. So it's a little hard to follow at times. But when you look at it with the characters' interactions being interconnected, then the movie makes a little more sense. And if you just kind of... If you just kind of take it for what it is and try not to like, don't put your conventional sense to it, then it makes it a little better. But for that exact reason, a lot of people hated it. (laughs) (laughs) But if it's, if people end up watching it in the future, it may end up being well received at some point. And I can see some people being really into it. You know, if they start making fanfics and shit. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like your explanation of that movie reminds me of Carter Hall and Shaira Hall, Hawkman and Hawkwoman. Oh, okay. From DC Comics. They just die and are reincarnated and then meet each other in the future. Yeah, it's kind of like that, that same sort of concept of like basically reincarnation and, you know, predestined. Uh, meetings. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I, I I haven't seen it. I you know Ed, that's one of those movies I can never tell if someone's gonna like it or not. I probably wouldn't. Most people don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Speed Racer from two thousand eight. Oh man, that, that, one, that I already see people like coming out and saying, "Yo, that movie was dope." Everyone slept on this. Yeah. It was dope. I, I know. All right. But okay. I actually have an egg. I haven't actually seen it yet. <gasps> hey, we'll, we'll take care of that at another time. <laughs> we'll do a commentary for it. There you go. But you are not the first person I've heard saying, yo, this movie was dope. Why the fuck wasn't this a hit? I know exactly why it wasn't oh, okay. a hit. <laughs> like watching it, like it's easy to understand. That's a hard movie to digest for people. Uh, it's not especially when it came out at the time, like, you know, people, ah, God, that was like around 2008. That was like drab color palette time. Oh yeah. This was basically like candy. (laughs) Yeah. Really? (laughs) Yeah. It was like watching, it was like watching candy be made in front of your eyes. And that was the same year that 300 came out. Right. It was think, definitely around the same era. Yeah, yeah. It was around that same time. That, that movie was just brown. Yeah. Yeah. It was brown throughout with very few brown people. If, right. We got the, the, the guy in the beginning gets kicked down the well. I mean. And Xerxes. And Xerxes. Whose sister is white in the next movie. You know, I never saw the second movie. It wasn't good. I, that's, that's why I never saw the second movie. Honestly, watching it, I've seen it so many times and even when it came out initially i i watched it like two or three times mm-hmm. and this was back when i was working at the movie theater though <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um i thought it was fucking great man all right the action sequences it was cartoonish enough to make sense the, nobody was like overacting people knew exactly what they were doing 
And it was a, it was fun. It was a fun movie. Shout out to the Wachowskis. Yeah. I, I never remember how their name's pronounced. Oh. Well. It's Wachowskis, Wachowskis. You know, the people who did Matrix. The people who did Sense8, which was a terrible fucking show. Also to be a cult classic, just calling it. <laughs> if not, if bitch, it might be. I don't. Are there cult classic TV shows? Twin Peaks. Oh, oh no! Okay. Actually, no. Twin Peaks was kind of a hit at the time, though. But I mean, it's still like looked back on very fondly. Yeah. I don't know that I've ever heard of a cult TV show. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> TV shows get canceled. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I feel like you know maybe maybe Firefly. Maybe for oh Firefly, yeah. Veronica Mars. Veronica Mars is another. Yeah. Was it, I don't think Veronica Mars was popular at all, right? Not, not to my recollection. But when it came out, I wasn't really. I didn't care. Okay. So. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to say Don John, but I also feel like people are going to look back on Don John as if it was Five Hundred Days of Summer. Dog, Five Hundred Days of Summer was. So that was like one of the first like indie indie movies that I'd ever seen, uh-huh. and I really enjoyed it. I I honestly did enjoy it. It was cool. Yeah, but yeah. then I watched it again recently, and it was trash. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm just a grown ass man now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I saw it with a girl who made me feel feelings. So mm. it it was. No woman's been able to crack that nut with me yet. Oh, <laughs> the emotional nut. <laughs> let, me, let me bust these emotions all over you, baby. <laughs> I think at this point we can come to the consensus that the Wachowskis, Wachowskis uh, are <laughs> basically producing cult hits. Right. Like <laughs> Jupiter Ascending, I feel like is going to be a cult one. That definitely has some potential. Yeah, it's like Cinderella in space. Yeah, basically. Yeah. People love those Matrix movies. Yeah. Well, not the last two. Oh, no, no, no. But they made a shitload of money. I liked liked the Matrix Reloaded. Was that the second one? That was the second one. Revolutions was garbage. But Mm -hmm. I liked Reloaded for one because, you know, you got to see Zion. You got to see, like, more of how this actually works and, like, you know, all that. But then it also just... It had really cool scenes, which to me was kind of like the first one. The first movie had a lot of slow slowness to it, and the story was... Well, I saw it as a kid, so the story was kind of hard to follow. But Reloaded was a little bit more digestible, but then it also had really just fucking cool scenes. You had, like, him take... Neo taking on, like, the ghosts and, like, all the... The... The fuck, what was the guy's name? The French dude? Yeah, the yeah, the French dude. Because like, he made his wife come in the restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you had the French dude in the hall of his henchmen taking on Neo, and he's like, Oh, you're the one? Yeah, I'm not impressed. You know, whatever. Cause, you know, he's big bad. He can write code too. Like, whatever. But then, you know, got like the highway scene. And it's like, oh, Morpheus is going on the highway. Don't go on the highway. Well, we're going to see why you should never go on the fucking highway. <laughs> <laughs> and like, you know, I thought that was cool. But uh, yeah, there were definitely cool scenes in it. I, I should go back and watch those. I, I recently 
I recently saw a good portion of um, Reloaded. And I will, I will say that the movie got pretty bad toward the end. Mm-hmm. Especially, like, the the way it ended with the to be concluded. Oh, people were upset in the theaters. That was the first <laughs> time I heard, like, that many people just groan at an ending. But I thought the movie was pretty cool overall. Okay. Another movie that I think will be looked back upon more fondly than it was received at the time. It's called Magic in the Moonlight. It's a, it's a movie starring Emma Stone and some other actors who I forget. But it's kind of like the opposite of any other magician movie. <laughs> it's basically about a skeptic who's out to disprove that this guy can uh, communicate with ghosts. And, you know, the the movie itself, the story is kind of cutesy, not really much to it. The main character is a completely unlikable asshole, but that's what I like about him. Because Is this the movie with Cillian Murphy and Jack or Robert De Niro? Mm, I don't think it had Robert De Niro. Let's see who the cast was. Yeah, Colin Firth, Emma Stone... Oh, it was a Woody Allen movie. I had no idea. It had Hamish Linklater. Well, that's a name. Marsha Gay Harden, Simon McBurney. I don't know any of these people. (laughs) Fair enough. But, um, yeah, it was... So you have this really unlikable main character, a rather likable side cast, and the movie is just very pretty. And it, it just... I like the way it creates sort of a juxtaposition between like all this skepticism and all this cynicism and, you know, just kind of negative feelings. And then everything's just real pretty. Everyone here has got a bunch of money and they're just touring the countryside of England. And, you know, okay. it, ends up, it ends up being a nice little story within all of that. And it, yeah, we got panned pretty much universally. And I don't really get why. Because it was Woody Allen, maybe? That definitely may have something to do with it. And that also kind of tarnishes my feelings on it a little. <laughs> He's a, I mean, like, I feel like Woody Allen's movies are pretentious. And they're pretentious always in the same ways. I... Couldn't agree to that. Like same same with like Kevin Smith movies. <sighs> they're pretentious. They're pretentious in a different way than Woody Allen movies, yeah. but they're still pretentious. They're definitely like you know Kevin Smith's movies all feel like they're Kevin Smith movies. Mm-hmm. Especially when he tries to be serious. Like yes. if, if he has a lesson to tell you, oh don't worry, you'll you'll know what the lesson is. <laughs> <laughs> you really will. Yeah. So the movie that I was talking about was called Red Lights. Okay. It's got Robert De Niro, Cillian Murphy, and Sigourney Weaver in it. Uh-huh. And Cillian Murphy and Sigourney Weaver play, like, professional skeptics. Ah. Who are out to tell people that it's okay to be white. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't like the SJWs that are taking over college campuses. <laughs> Sigourney Weaver and Cillian Murphy. <laughs> Starring the red pill. (laughs) Uh, But Robert De Niro plays like a a quote unquote blind psychic guy. Uh, 
And at the end of the movie, as it turns out, Celia Murphy is the one who's psychic, and Robert De Niro has been lying the whole time. <laughs> no shit. Yeah, no, no shit. Okay, uh, my last one is going to be The Lobster. Oh. Have you seen that? Yeah. It's very hard to watch, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like critics really enjoyed this movie. Yeah. And like people who pretended to be smart really enjoyed <laughs> this movie. But like it's if you watch it just being completely dumb to what's <laughs> going on. <laughs> Yo, all right. I you, mean, you might enjoy it more. Uh, oh, I have I have feelings about that movie. I have opinions on that movie. <laughs> Go on. Okay, so I had no idea what the movie was about when I went and saw it. I also want to say that having studied some film, I know what they're doing. Like, I understand what's happening here, but I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, I've been on here saying, you know, I don't really agree with a lot of, like, the critics when it comes to like high art films, you mm-hmm. know, I don't really think citizen Kane is worthy of being called the citizen Kane of citizen Kane's. <laughs> <laughs> and I, th- I feel in a similar way about the lobster as I do about a lot of those films. So I don't want to bother explaining the story of it. Cause it's kind of convoluted, but the first half of the movie can be seen as a comedy. Like, basically, the movie was pitched to me as a black comedy, a very dry black comedy. And that's what it says on Wikipedia. That's how it's billed. (laughs) (laughs) So it's extremely dry humor. And I I dig it for the first half of the movie. And basically, the main character is is in a sort of institution. I don't want to call it a mental, mental institution, but it's effectively a mental institution. So he's institutionalized and he's being conditioned and it's it's super ridiculous and you're supposed to laugh at the absurdity of the situation that he's in. But then right around halfway through the movie, he escapes. And then after he escapes, he joins this anarchist society where it's basically the exact opposite of the institution. But in doing so in this anarchist society, they create their own subset of rules that end up being just as totalitarian as the institution, as you just escaped from. So these people are talking about like, Oh, we're so free. And Oh, look at us. We're so radical, but it's just another set of rules. And he doesn't want to obey either. And he ends up breaking those rules too. So now he has to escape again. But that's when the movie ends. And I get it. <laughs> I get the the message that's being sent here. And I appreciate the message. But I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I liked the first half of the movie. I thought it was clever. And I thought it, it actually was funny in the most dry, deadpan way. But the second half of the movie was just kind of depressing. And that's it, fair. And then it gets really depressing and really like it never gets better. It only gets worse. 
So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, got, I got opinions. On that yeah, one. Fair enough. Fair enough. But do you think it'll become a cult classic? There's a distinct possibility of that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say it won't because people already fuck with it. And because it was lauded by critics, I think people are going to look at it. Yeah. So, yeah. It, it didn't get a wide release either. Oh, really? No, it just... The budget was $4.5 million. It made back fifteen point seven. Okay. So, I mean, that to me says very minimal release in like art house theaters around. Yeah. Things it, like that. It was definitely an art house type film. Yeah. You know. So, the reason why uh, there were some honorable mentions that I wanted to bring up here. Mm-hmm. I would say any of the Edgar Wright movies, but those are very popular. Yeah. And already have like a large following. I feel like if they didn't get their popularity, I would definitely put all of them way up there. Like if they weren't popular now, I would definitely say they would be popular later. Yeah, definitely. I was going to say the Twilight movies. (laughs) <laughs> like I feel like it's gonna they're gonna come they're gonna it's gonna wrap around oh. it's gonna be like a weird curiosity in the future I I okay because I, their movies that made a ton of money were also very popular with a certain segment of the population yeah. but they're also very bad <laughs> yeah so yeah you know that's I feel like the crowd that now is really into like interview with the vampire and you know all like the classic vampire movies that crowd now or like that subset in the future is going to be the same way about twilight yeah yeah i I feel like those are going to have some lasting power but not now give it time right (laughs) yeah 100 percent uh let's see i want like this is mostly me wanting this than anything like the riddick trilogy oh yeah i feel like there's a bit of that already like i didn't see riddick when it came out but i think it was the second or third one by then i had heard from multiple sources like yo these movies were great you know why haven't you seen them yet but as somebody who likes those movies and owns them on blu-ray i will say 100 percent they are not great (laughs) They're fun in the same way that the Fast and the Furious movies are fun. Yes. You can just shut off your brain and enjoy what you're seeing on screen. That's basically it, though. That's not... Okay, yeah, yeah. That It felt a little, uh, you know, same speed as, like, Transformers, you know, just... Yeah. And it also has an anime. Oh, that. Okay. Yep. Okay. That was also a weird transition. Going from the first movie to Chronicles of Riddick. Two movies that basically had nothing to do with each other. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, like you have the Riddick video game. uh, Something of Butcher Bay. Oh, yeah. I remember. uh, I like how I remember the name of the movie or the game, but not the movie. (laughs) Yeah. Pitch Black. Oh, okay. Yeah, Pitch Black. I Pitch Black was actually kind of cool, but it wasn't great. <laughs> it was an interesting horror movie, but to like come come out with like a whole franchise 
of movies based on one character, which is he's admittedly a really cool character, but like a very cool character from the 2000s. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's, like, he's a cool 2000s character, <laughs> but you know, whatever. And that's that that wraps up for what I have to say. You got any honorable mentions? Yeah, I mean, I guess in the same realm as what you said about Edgar Wright and his films, I would have said the same thing about Cabin in the Woods. I fucking hate that movie. I know. But if it wasn't popular already, it would have been a cult classic. <laughs> yeah. Just like the movie that's based on Firefly. Uh, Serenity? Serenity. Yeah. I haven't seen any of those. Uh, I there. Some people question my nerd cred for saying that, but I'm like, eh. No, the the problem is it's like once you've seen one Joss Whedon series, you pretty much have a handle on all of them. <laughs> because like the dialogue is similar, like people interact with each other in a similar way and all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of just like, well, if you're into Joss Whedon, you'll be into that. I mean, I like his stuff, but I'm not going out of my way for it. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good choice. Good choice. I also feel like Nathan Fillion has gotten like this weird obsessive following because of it. And that also turns me off. It was that in the musical he was in with uh, Neil Patrick Harris. Oh, yeah. Can't remember the name of it. Yeah, me neither. But that musical was very popular when I was younger. Can't. It was like Doctor Bad Times, Good Times, Sing Along or something. Uh, like Doctor Horrible. Doctor Horrible. Yeah, Doctor Horrible Sing Along blog. Yeah. Oh, whatever. Yeah. Not interested. <laughs> not, not at all. Me neither. But that'll wrap up our main segment. Yep, what yep. we think is what we think are going to be cult classics. Hit us up on our Reddit, our subreddit. Tell us what you think is going to be a cult classic in the yeah, future. Yeah, see how you felt about our picks. See if there's anything that we that we overlooked, like idiots. But you know, opinions. Yeah, you know, come to come at us in 20 years when we're right about all six of those <laughs> and our auto management. <laughs> Uh, you can hit us up on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash real nerd hours. Join us there. I demand it. You should, you should, yeah, just hop on there and start asking us questions. So Silverman asks, I started using Coffee Meets Bagel, a dating app. What are some subtle things to look out for? Anything besides the usual specific camera angle slash headshots only, pictures with others, Myers-Briggs on the profile. I, I've still never used any online dating, so I really couldn't tell you. But, you know, if they say something like, I'm a crazy bitch and stay away, hey, take the advice. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. It's tough to say. There's a, It depends on what kind of person you're looking for. But I can assure you that there's a certain type of person you shouldn't be looking for. And that's the person who openly admits that they're way too into reality TV. Oof. Like it's one thing to be into it, but it's another thing completely to admit that yeah, you're into it. If you talk about that, that's got to be like a percentage of your personality. Yeah. And that's that's unsavory. <laughs> Quite. There's also what else is there? Uh, I I don't like people who put in their profiles that they're sarcastic. 
Right, because that often means you're just a terrible person. Yeah, that that you've got like poor social skills and you're a huge asshole. Right, you know, for no reason, possibly on the spectrum. Yeah, yeah. Same goes with I'm blunt. Oof. Typically, you'll find I'm blunt and sarcastic in the same right profile. Right. Um, I tell it like it is. Things of that nature. Yeah, you know, <laughs> any anything that tells them. Like, tells you right off the bat that this is just an unpleasant person to be around yeah somebody who's not personable um there are key outfits Mm. that you'll see like if there was a while where women were wearing this specific type of top that had like a sheer center so you could see like center boob and side boob (laughs) uh but it also had like thick of course fabric over the sensitive areas right so typically i it's i can't even explain what it looks like i can picture what you're talking about i think i've seen these okay so they're back when oh god this must have been like two or three years ago those tops were very popular i would say if you notice any trends in people's photos like a certain top that a bunch of people are wearing or taking pictures at the LACMA, which is one of the responses I put in there. But that's like the place in LA that's got all the lampposts and shit or whatever. Uh, If you see a lot of the same shit in a lot of photos, then you should probably avoid some of those people. Because they're ultra basic. Yeah, some basic. If you see see a virgin killer sweater in anyone's profile pictures, go for it because that's a low-hanging fruit. (laughs) they got Uh, they got self-esteem issues if they're uh posting that up there so (laughs) Uh, i also just want to make sure that you've done the obvious because i've seen a few of my male friends dating profiles and i had to question their thinking okay so some basic tips one make sure you have at least one photo that also has someone else in it so they know you're not a complete loner uh, two, make sure not all of your photos are with other people so they don't have to f- play Where's Waldo to find out which one is you. Uh, make sure that you're doing some form of activity, but there's more than one activity going on. So say, for example, you're really into competitive drinking. Don't make all of your photos of competitive drinking because now you're just an alcoholic. <laughs> I had a friend who was a trumpet player and he said every one of his photos on his profile were of him playing trumpet. I'm like, dude, no one looks good while like in the act of playing trumpet. After are, one photo, I'm pretty sure they can gather that you either play or like trumpet. Right. Like you've, okay, we've covered this facet of your personality. Is there anything else to you? So keep that in mind. Um, it's often advised that if you have photos with a friend to have at least one female in there, one female friend make sure she's super cute too yeah yeah don't don't get someone that's like average um, only a mother can love (laughs) (laughs) make sure make sure not don't take dude like if you're taking pictures with dudes make sure that they're either as good looking as you or lower yeah don't have like your supermodel friend posing with you because then they're just gonna be like hey who's your friend Exactly. And if your friend is, if you're taking pictures with a woman, make sure she is way cuter than anybody that you could ever date. Yeah, that, that's a great asset to have. You know, if you just happen to have a supermodel's phone number and you're cool like that and she's female, you got it. 
Provided yeah. that you're a man looking for women, you know, put the rules to whatever preference yours is. But uh, yeah, just just practice some sense with your with your picture selection. Yeah. Deskrod asks, "What's the funniest college story you guys have?" Have a great day. Love the show. That is broad. <laughs> I I looked at this question when it came in, and I don't really have any good college stories. Unfortunately. <sighs> All right, I can I can tell you about one of my favorite days at college. So I feel like I may have told this story on the podcast before, but if yeah, if if I have, then you know what? You're going to hear it again. So I, I studied graphic design in college. And one of my last classes that I took was, I forget what it was called, but it, it was basically a branding class. And our final project was to design a series of wine bottle labels. So we were given an art style and actually no that no this shit fucking matters point is i had to make <laughs> i had to make wine bottles and we had to present them f- physically you know with the labels on it and it was a series of at least 3 so i had my 3 bottles on week 10 out of 11 and we presented those and it was great everyone loved them my labels turned out perfectly no problem but we had a substitute that day so we presented it to the substitute. She was just another design teacher. And, you know, we got critique on that. And then the next week we were to do our final, final presentation, fix up any critique and, you know, present it to the actual teacher. Well, I had forgotten my bottles from the week prior, but I was over 21. I had a Costco card. I had a car. I had money. So I said, fuck it. I'm just going to buy me some wine, take the labels off print out new labels we're good so i present no problem but because it was the last class or the last day of class that meant i had extra time before my next class whereas normally it would be like a 20 minute break now it was more like two and a half hours and i had three bottles of wine and i was in college so then it became a mission of all right let me find a fucking corkscrew because we're going at this. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. So my school had a culinary class or a, a culinary course. So I'm like, oh, I'll just ask one of the culinary students and we'll be good. No one has a corkscrew. No one is going to carry a corkscrew. Like, who has that? And the restaurant that was part of the culinary course was closed at the time. I forget why. The people at the cafe didn't have anything. I'm like, how, all right, fine, fuck it. You know, I'll just put these in my car. I'll just drink them later. And I parked by where the stoners all hung out. It was like this little patch of grass in the middle of the parking lot. So I was parked there. And they see me with the wine bottles. And they're like, yo, what's good? Like, what's with all the wine? And I'm like, well, I want to drink it, but I don't got a corkscrew. And one of the stoners is like, yo, I got a Swiss Army knife. <laughs> Hey, nice. <laughs> We're like, hell yeah. Let's get this shit open. So uh, five of us, between, no, between eight of us, we killed three full bottles of wine in about 15 minutes. And uh, 
I still had another class that day. I still had another final to present. And uh, I was I was slammered. <laughs> it was great. Because it's in, I only had about an hour between before my next class, and I'm just sitting there playing video games in the lounge, having a good old time. Then it comes time for us to present in the next class. This was a group project, and it was just me and one other guy. And we killed this project. We were supposed to have teams of four. We got we were like the only team of three, and then our third member was part of the National Reserve and got called out to duty. Ooh. So we're like. Okay, well, guess it's just the two of us. But, oh, we killed that project. We were one of the stronger presentations out of anyone. And, uh, yeah, you know how alcohol loosens you up? And, like, you know, yeah, I made for a really good presentation, too. I'm just like, hey, guys, what's good? I got, we got our brand. And, uh, yeah, this shit looks good. It's the Wounded Warrior Project, but now it's better. Because we're the shit. <laughs> <laughs> because now they're not stealing any money from people. <laughs> yeah, so that was, uh, it was it was a great day in class. And uh, if you're a college student, I highly recommend getting really drunk before your presentations. Uh, tell your professors that I told you that. I'm a graduate. I'm using my degree. Just let them know. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. He's not a graduate. He's not using his degree. <laughs> Don't listen to him. <laughs> Yeah, most of my most of my college stories involve extracurricular activities, but uh, you'll you'll get them throughout throughout the show. Don't worry, we got a million of them, I'm sure. Samurai Jack, the face ripper, asks, "Have you guys seen the new Dragonfire deck building game out by the D and D crew? When you guys mentioned the D and D campaign, it made me think of it." essentially a streamlined version of Shadowrun, if you've played it. Might be cool, if, and I definitely want to check it out. Additionally, Games Workshop just dropped Shadespire on everyone, and it's pretty slick. They market it as a competitive deck-building card game with minis. It's pretty good. Plays fast, maybe 20-30 minutes for a game. Minis are included, no need to paint. Two-player starter gives you everything you need. You know, I'm not too big on deck-building games. They're fun. I've played them before and they're they are fun, but I can just never bring myself to buy one. And that ends up meaning I'll play one maybe once or twice and that's it. The one I've played the most was the DC deck building game. That was actually pretty good. I don't know what a deck building game is. Oh, okay, so So you have trading card games like Magic and Yu-Gi-Oh! Whatnot where you have your own collection and you build a deck based on what you want to do with your collection. Well, a deck building game will have a single collection for everyone and it's the complete thing. And then, you know, usually it'll come with expansions and stuff like that, but that's irrelevant. And you will usually draw cards and build a deck based on what you have. So like, you know, I want to be on hero's side. I want to be on villain's side. Okay, well, you get your hero tools that are available to you. And, you know, heroes will have specialization in equipment. So you play Robin and you put equipment on him. Well, the villains specialize in, in actions. Both can do both, but you can choose to do one specialty, but everyone has access to the same cards. And 
oftentimes they'll rely on just card draws and just randomness as to like what kind of thing you can do based on you know just what you get that sounds like hearthstone to me because like everybody's got the same base cards but it just changes with who you pick yeah basically hearthstone's more specialized whereas like you know if you build a mage you can build a deck pretty much strictly of mage cards mm-hmm. whereas that would be more like if everyone had the neutral cards and then like two or three cards that specialize in like mage or druid or whatever i see and I especially see. if they were all drawn from the actual same deck oh there we go yeah that's okay. i i think that depends on the game itself or if you have your own personal one or if you have a community deck but it's all a self-contained thing. You don't have to drop hundreds of dollars in booster packs. Instead, it's you got your set. And that's what you're working with. So okay. they're fun and you know, often take a bit longer than like a trading card game single match will. But that's because there's more of a on-the-fly strategy element to it. And oftentimes they're also multiplayer, so you can support up to like four to six people. So they're cool, and uh, I watched the videos that he posted, and they seem interesting. Can't say I'm especially excited about it, because I don't really do those kinds of games. Yeah, I watched the videos as well, and because I had no idea what... Yeah, that wouldn't make much sense at all. Nope. <laughs> that, but, the, uh, the sh- was it Shadespire that was the one that... D&D's building whatever the one that uh it's dragon something oh yeah yeah that that one dragon fire that one seems especially complex even as far as deck building games go or at least the way he explained it so definitely could be cool i like that there's a um an ongoing element to it it doesn't just have to be a one-off game like you can keep your characters going throughout i think that's very interesting but uh yeah, I can't say I'm especially stoked for it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, Rip says, I'm not into superhero movies, but I would be on board for Batman Beyond or Static Shock movies. Those cartoons were lit. Agreed. Yeah, totally. I, I'm kind of surprised they haven't really done anything with Batman Beyond in live action. I assume it's because it's basically sci-fi Batman and like sci-fi is just now starting to become like super popular. Yeah. yeah. That's you see something like arrival where it's basically feelings with (laughs) sci-fi and like you have comedies in space, the Martian. Right. Right. It's becoming more mainstream. So hopefully in the next few years they can make it and not fuck it up. Yeah, I would be interested. And I would not be shocked to see a... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be shocked to see a Static Shock movie coming out soon. It'll probably just be in that stupid fucking Teen Titans show that they're putting on the CW streaming service. Oh. Yeah, I forgot that was a thing. Yep. Ah. Uh. I don't... God damn it. I don't like the CW shows. The CW comic... Well, we can talk about it some Yeah, that's... Time. Yeah. As Americans, do you ever feel insulted when movie execs change or edit films because they think the audience are too stupid or fragile? 
Terry Gilliam's Terry Gilliam's Brazil and I am oh god okay <laughs> Terry Gilliam's Brazil and I am legend endings were changed because the endings were deemed too dark or challenging and Blade Runners was edited because the execs thought the audience were too dumb to understand what was happening in general I'm pissed at people who think who fuck with an artist's stuff just to sell it to a wider audience yeah that's why I didn't fuck with Kingsman that much because it felt like the movie was thought I was stupid as an audience member uh yeah I could see that you know they're really unseen twists but from a fucking large mile away (laughs) yeah but yeah now I if I hear about people dumbing down endings I become much less interested in said movie you know leave things open-ended it's okay we'll be all right but if you want to make a blockbuster sometimes that don't sit right with audiences you can't make a sequel people don't like the ending uh honestly my thoughts on it are i don't care i mean it doesn't matter if the studio feels like the movie's too heady for audiences that sucks because they're gonna change it and also like artist's intent doesn't really matter all that much to me yeah that's that's one that can definitely cause some debates yeah i mean like honestly in some in some circumstances yeah like if my sandwich artist is <laughs> making me a roast beef, I don't want the store taking artistic liberties and changing the roast beef with turkey because I asked for roast beef. Okay. Yeah. But it, ultimately, it doesn't make that much of a difference to me whether or not, like, I don't know, the voiceover in in Blade Runner stays or not. Yeah, artist intent doesn't make that big of a difference to me. I don't care. The final product is what matters. Yeah, in the end. Because like I can I can guess at what the artist meant all I want to, but it doesn't matter if that's not what I'm seeing. Yeah. There was Yeah. No, we we can have a whole discussion on artist intent. Let's do that next week. There you go. <laughs> all right. So Maddie TomTom asks a series of questions that are a little lengthy. The first of which is talking about Marvel Netflix shows. And we pretty much covered that already. So we're just going to ride over that. Then he asks if we go through genre phases when it comes to gaming and in music. Whereas, you know, you have those moments where all you're playing is RPGs and all you're playing is fighting games and all you're listening to is rap and that kind of thing. So, Denzel, do you go through genre phases? Yes. Tell us about it. Uh, ooh, as far as games go, it doesn't. That's not really a thing for me. I just kind of play what I want to. Mm-hmm. And as far as music goes, sometimes I'll be really fucking with jazz for like a week, and then I'll switch over to hip hop, and then I'll switch over to like indie rock from the early two thousands. Or it it just switches like week to week, I guess. And there was a short period in time when I was listening to a lot of power metal. <laughs> That's because of all the recommendations. Uh, but for the most part, like I kind of stopped listening to music as heavy as I used to. Mm. Uh, mainly because I found podcasts and those help pass the day faster than music do, does. Yeah, yeah, I can I definitely see that. 
Uh, when it comes to music genre phases for me, well, for one, I, I absolutely go through these phases with both. For me, with music, what usually triggers it is I'll either hear something new or re-listen to something old, and that will set me off on a kick. Like, not too long ago, I I don't even remember how I came across, but someone told me about Shigehiro Mukai, who's a Japanese trombonist, but he was really popping in the 80s, and he had this brand of Japanese jazz fusion that was, I really fuck with it. I still do. But when I first heard of him, I just went through everything I can find of his, everything that he had ever been on, anything that he had collabed with, people who were similar to him. And that was like all I was listening for, to for like three weeks. And then eventually I went back to, you know, regular scheduled programming. But when I find something new or if I refine something old, then I'll usually try and like, okay, what's more like this? Give me that. And I'll just be on a kick. Uh, when it comes to video games, I mean, I can point out several <laughs> several times when I've had phases like that. Often influenced just by random things. Like right now, I'm kind of on a Final Fantasy kick. Um, I started, I, I don't remember what triggered it, but I've been watching speedruns i've been replaying final fantasy tactics i'm trying to finally finish playing through final fantasy 9 i've been playing final fantasy 14 i got final fantasy record keeper on my phone it's just kind of kind of inundating myself with final fantasy i don't know why it seems like you've got sort of a problem here it's it it's a temporary problem i'll get over it <laughs> once i once i finish watching that long ass actually no i just finished that speedrun. uh I'm more than halfway through tactics. I probably won't be playing record keep you all that long because that game just can't hold my interest. It's it's a, it's a mobile game, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. Sometimes it it gets mildly obsessive like that. Ah, Banana Heli asks us to follow up on the Dick and Maddox lawsuit. Oh boy! Yeah. So. I'll try to keep it short because I'm sure somebody said this before and my opinion doesn't differ from a lot of people's. When I heard Leonard French's uh, breakdown, he basically read out the lawsuit. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was an astonishing lack of evidence there for what exactly Maddox was claiming. Mm. And there's, there are a few things that stand out to me. Like, uh, Patreon apparently can only be sued in the state of California, but the lawsuit is taking place in New York. And I think the reason for, and this is what Kokanen had explained, uh, and this makes sense to me, but neither of us are lawyers, so don't take our words for it. Essentially, Patreon does so much business globally that it would be impossible for them to make it to every single case in every single state. So they would have to be sued in their state of operation. Okay. And unfortunately, when I look at when I look at or hear what's in the lawsuit, it seems like it's targeted to just kind of try to take things away from people, not necessarily even to get twenty million dollars, but to get Patreon to close Dick's Patreon account. Yeah. And to get Asterios' job to fire him. 
that's I, that's what it seems like. I want to I want to take things back a second because I I don't think we really explained the situation. I was barely aware of the situation last week. Oh, my bad. But uh, just to to get everyone up to speed, so. Maddox and Dick Masterson had a podcast known as The Biggest Problem in the Universe. It was very popular for a while. Maddox was more of the star power for that show. Then the two split ways, you know, now they each have their own respective media. And Dick skyrocketed way past Maddox in terms of popularity, especially when it comes to his Patreon. And Dick's fans always held a bit of an adversarial relationship with Maddox. I mean, that's kind of how their relationship was on the show. It was more of like them just kind of goofing at each other and like, you know, friendly rivalry kind of thing. But once they split, then it became more of a divide in the fans. And then when Dick became wildly more popular than Maddox on Patreon and Maddox started seemingly getting jealous about that and you know saying some mildly unsavory things about dick and his fans well then the fans and dick with his now infinite money uh apparently they produced an album of uh royalty free christmas songs that were all making fun of maddox so that one was specifically Asterios. Oh, that was Asterios. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So he had an incentive for his Patreon. I believe if he met a certain amount, he would record what he called Cuckmas Carols. <laughs> oh, also, Asterios was another figure that became popular due to those two's podcast. Dick and The Biggest Problem are responsible for the success of this podcast. Yeah, actually, it's essentially how we made how most of our fans actually come from that but if you aren't one of those tangential fans then it's you know good to keep, yeah yeah keep yeah. up with it's, it no you're, you're completely right you're completely right uh so essentially what it seems like is maddox is suing dick and patreon and patreon for 20 million dollars 20 million dollars the lawsuit includes asterios asterios's work uh a satirist by the name of mad cucks yes which is basically a straight parody of maddox yeah my whole so the reason why he's suing him is because he is basically saying that he was targeted by dick and asterios's fans and essentially like he was a victim of cyberbullying and had brought this up to Patreon and Patreon did nothing about it and Dick made a bunch of money by bullying Maddox is essentially what he's saying uh, yeah that's that's what he's saying the way that it looks for like from my perspective is like Dick is just making money out of spite like people have or harbor ill will towards Maddox, but instead of telling Maddox to his face, they're making Dick more successful. Yeah. And that in itself, I'm sure is driving Maddox nuts. Absolutely. And some other things that people are saying is contributing to Maddox doing this spiteful lawsuit is that Dick makes over 20 K a month on Patreon. 
We sure wish we would make that sort of money. Yeah, Patreon.com slash r slash r slash real nerd hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do it. Go to our subreddit Patreon. You got it. Uh, and then like Maddox is making something to the tune of like a thousand dollars per month. I think so. The way that and this has come up before, but Maddox's Patreon the last time I had checked was for his YouTube channel only. Oh. It wasn't for his podcast because I'm sure he would have success. If he was doing it for his podcast. Interesting. But he's not for whatever reason. I'm sure there's a reason why. But then he also recently released a book known as Fuck Whales. With a fantastic title like that, you would wonder why it didn't sell very well. But it didn't sell very well. And uh, there's also some tangential evidence that could link that he apparently okay so apparently he wanted to have a different title this is this is the rumor mill talking here he wanted to have a different title he wanted it to be called the best book in the universe or the greatest book in the universe something like that and one of dick's fans found that title and found that the cover art that was apparently supposed to be for the book and leaked it and made it so that he couldn't use that anymore. Hold on. Where did that rumor come from? I found that on the Dick Show subreddit today. Oh, okay. Yeah. Huh. I didn't... Huh. I don't I don't think that's the case. I don't know how true that one is. I don't know. I'm, I could be super out of the loop. I don't really keep up with that stuff. Neither do I. Uh, so, if I recall correctly, somebody bought the domain for the yes, best that was, book in the universe. That was part of it. Yeah, and they basically were writing a parody book on Maddox's book, The Alphabet of Manliness, uh-huh. and they were going to call that the best book in the universe. Interesting. So, okay. yeah, I got real fucking weird there. And, I mean, like, for the sake of parody, that's that's pretty solid parody. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's pretty good. It's, it's <laughs> well ripened spite right there. Yeah, real petty shit. If you like, they basically found out ways. I mean, like just by existing, almost to fuck with Maddox. Yeah, and not to say like they're fucking with him like in some sort of like super crazy way. It's just that they've they're successful. Yeah, yeah. It's it's real crazy. Like. I can't say that Dick and Asterios are clear of any wrongdoing. I think it is a little fucked up that they're taking it this far, like as far to do the Cuckmas album. Like that's, it's a bit much, especially if he doesn't fuck with them anymore. Like if they're not really friends anymore, I would say that's taking it too far. Definitely not twenty million dollars. Fuck with all of your well-being, taking it that yeah, far. That that part is fucked. I think I think the lawsuit is ridiculous, but I also think that Dick and his crew aren't free of wrongdoing. I mean, nobody. I don't think anybody's free of like quote unquote wrongdoing, but like legally liable wrongdoing, that level of wrongdoing. Like, nah. I don't. No, nah. I don't think so. I think this is taking it too far. I absolutely think so too. Yeah. Oh well, you know, sway left goes. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> And on that, uh, you know, uplifting note, that was the last of our question. Perfect. Let's get into voicemails. I, you know, I forgot voicemails were a thing, man. <laughs> 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 this is phones anymore. 
Ooh-wee, boys. That's just weird TK. Aspiring country music artist. I've got to ask you a question. It's a question based upon a possibility. And the possibility is you get into a, a woman's panties a real fast like. Think back to the, the seal song, Kiss from a Rose. Seal. Motherfucker married Heidi Klum for Christ's sake. Seal. Looks like he got sprayed in the face with a fucking acid attack. Yeah, Seal. One name. One name artist, like Prince. He says in the song, now, I want you to remember this, Denzel, when you, you're looking at the lady folks. You say, bitch, you're my power, my pleasure, and my, my pain. pain. And tell me, tell me, Denzel, tell me that bitch won't get fucking soaked. Soaked. I mean, super soaker soaked. I mean, you, you might actually even be a little put off by it. Well, it sounds like his voicemail cut off, but essentially he was giving us tips on how to flood the basement. <laughs> Yo, you trying to get a leaky fridge up in here? Jeez. Uh, uh, well, I mean, when you got a voice like Seal, it doesn't matter. Yeah, you could look like however you want. You can, you look, can look like, like Seal. Susan Boyle. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but also Susan Boyle. Shout out to her 15 minutes being up. I mean, I, I mean, once I'm single some, again, I'll try. Yeah, take some voice lessons. Yeah, I'll become Seal. Seal Zell. Seal Zell. Then Neil. Then Zeal. Then Seal. Yo, it's Dr. Dirty D. Talking about your anime hostage. The moment Denzel pulled Vendred out of the hat, I knew he was going to call it. Make Tao in space. <laughs> That's pretty much what it is. Uh, they do kind of explain how the males are made. It's with an artificial womb. I mean, it's pretty obvious. You take this half from one half and the other half and put it together in the artificial womb and grow it. Pretty much the same way the female does, only they have a real womb. And, you know, there's also, I think, I think the one you were talking about, the man whose name was Boobs. I think that's actually a man. If it's the dark-skinned lady with white hair. Yeah, that, that, that's actually a man. You don't find out till season two. Um, Earth is harvesting the people from all the planets they run into for some sort of, for body parts they really want to use. Like, oh, this is the perfect environment for this body part. This is the perfect environment for that body part. And for the men and women, it's like, this is the best part for men body parts, and it's the best environment for women body parts. And, you know, that type of shit. And anyway, that was pretty funny. Pretty, that was pretty funny. Uh, let's see. Important anime for me. Yeah, mind me going on a little bit. It has to be a neon Genesis Evangelion. Never really felt much fully cool. I just never really got why people liked it so much. It was just like all over the place, and just maybe it was just too much for me or something. But that's just it. Love the show. Talk to you guys in the next one. Nice. Yeah. You know, funny enough, I've never actually sat through. Evangelion, and I feel like at this point, I can't. It's a lot to take in, and there's so much expectation and hype built up around it. I don't think I could give it a pure watch. So, Evangelion, the original series, sucks. 
Uh, mainly, I mean, it's all right, I guess. It it mainly gets bad towards the end when they run out of money. Mm-hmm. Like, legit. They actually started running out of money in their budget and ended up cutting the animation budget by a ton in the later episodes. All right. So it's a lot of still shots and things like that. Um, the new series, the like 3.33, 1.11, those are actually pretty rad, but whatever. Yeah. There's, there's like watch guides for it and stuff. And when I saw the watch guides for it, like even just looking at the, hey, check out this movie and then watch these episodes and then, you know, all that. When I saw all that, I'm like, oh, I don't want to sit through this. Yeah, no, fuck that. <laughs> fuck that. Yep. If you need a watch guide for your show, that's basically a big ass no. It, it is a, that is a large red flag for me, definitely. <laughs> all right. Anything else, chat? Uh, I got a new phone and I'm digging it. I went from a 2014 Motorola to a Galaxy S8. Damn, does it feel nice? <laughs> I bet. Samsung gang, what up? Good shit. Good shit. I'm, I'm sticking with my brand loyalty. Good. Yeah. What are you thankful for, Chat? Ooh, I am thankful for all of our fans that uh, you know support us, and you know, I, I, if y'all were, if you follow me on Twitter, y'all saw last Friday I was a little salty because I just played a concert and I had no friends there. And I, you know, I had to express like how, how difficult it is to be a creator that has no one that has no fans, you know, you can be doing something great. And if there's no one there to see it, then it doesn't matter what you're doing. So I, you know, I just want to express my appreciation for the people that are there, that you know, do fuck with what we do and, you know, support the brand because we got more. Content coming for you. God damn. Yeah, I I too am thankful for. I uh, the the thing is, Chet, and this is something that I'll never forget, never once in my life. Even if we were the, even if this were to be the last episode of this podcast, I will never forget how validating and good it feels to know that even a few people fuck with us. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like that there is a community built within this like you know we have people whose names come up week after week and that they have conversations in the subreddit amongst themselves and yeah you know, and in the discord and in the discord yeah yeah it's really it's really nice yeah. it's really nice and this is it's fun yeah we enjoy doing this and yeah. you know hope you enjoy listening with us yeah so thank you listener yeah. thank you and thanks everybody who supports the show on Patreon, patreon.com slash real nerd hours. Get us that Dick Masterson money. Yeah. But <laughs> and that way, if you can get us up to 20 racks, I think he's up to 24 racks a month now. Yeah. So if you can get us up to uh, at least, I mean, uh, listen, like, listen, let's not be greedy here. 10 racks a month, 10 racks a month. We can get a beer made. Yo, yeah. We can get a beer made. We can get multiple beers made. You know, we can yeah. have real light hours, real dark hours. We can have 30 days of night, 30 hours of hours. <laughs> 30 hours of hours. Beautiful. Yes. We could have so many things done. God. 
with 10 racks a month. Tell your friends. Spread the podcast around. Tell your rich-ass uncle. Yeah. We need at least a year of support. There you go. For, at 10 racks a month. <laughs> Just ma- mainly because I want to get that beer made real fucking badly. <laughs> I want to make sure we get the beer made. And I want to drink it on a power hour. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. Yo, promote our own shit like that? Ooh. Yeah. Oh, let that brand flex. Yeah. That'd be the shit right there. I want to have a power hour. I want to drink our own beers. We could, you know, do this somewhere other than your apartment. Yeah. Get like a studio. And get some cameras on us. Oh, shit. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that. I've actually set up a handful of new goals on the Patreon. And I'm not kidding about getting the beer made. I'm dead serious. Oh, yeah. No, I, I understand. Thank you for fucking with us. We should re-record a first episode. Because Yo. on SoundCloud, you can replace the file. Oh, man. <laughs> you you want to do it? This is just the fake-ass episode one. Yeah. Oh, let's do it. All right. We're going to do it. We're going to re-record episode one because it still has the most listens of every episode. And it's. I think that's only going to continue. Like It's definitely going to be... The episode that people go to yeah. as their as their reference. Yep. Well <laughs> <laughs> you can join us on the subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash real nerd hours. You can um engage with the show on Twitter at X Real Nerd Hours. You can find me on Twitter at that Denzel. You can find Chet on Twitter at Bushido Brown SD. You can like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash real nerd hours podcast. You can give us a call at 413 Savage One. You can shoot us an email at askrnh at gmail.com. Uh, you can support the show once again on Patreon at patreon.com slash real nerd hours. Um, thanks everybody for listening. We're thankful for you guys. Yeah. If you're in America, enjoy your Thanksgiving. If you're elsewhere, you know, just eat some turkey in solidarity. Yeah. 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 We're America-centric here. See you next Thanksgiving. (laughs) Y'all have a good night.